always mistakenly British. Tea and crumpets. Cheerios. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, presents Mark Stein. We are so pleased, ladies and gentlemen, to have America's undocumented anchorman with us. The one, the only, the legendary Mark Stein. Mark, I am feeling in a serious mood today over speech. Oh, yeah. I usually joke about this stuff with you, but today it just, it, it, I don't know why. I'm just, it, what happened in Canada with this Catholic student being arrested because he just expressed his beliefs, his religious beliefs, that men and women shouldn't be sharing a bathroom because men and women are different, created differently. And yet he finds himself arrested. Yeah. This is, I always had a view that Canada was, was more, I, we understand that they're liberal and I know that you've had your issues in Canada with speech. Well, I did. I managed to get the Canadian. I always say this when I'm crossing the border and I'm heading north and some idiot border guard gives me a hard time. I always say, listen, the last time the government of Canada picked a fight with me, it wound up repealing the law, which was the Canadian censorship law, which had a 100 percent conviction rate, which is the sort of thing that Kim Jong-un and uh, Hosni Mubarak and Saddam Hussein would be wary of because you, you normally make it 97.8% conviction rate, so you don't look ridiculous. But the fact is <laughs> that since in the, la- in the course of this century, the, uh, the general acceptance of the principle of freedom of speech has been completely eroded. You know, when I, I fought my battle uh, up north, which was uh, whatever it was, a little over a decade ago, the lefties would still use that apocryphal line from Voltaire. You know, oh, I disagree with what you say, but I would defend to the death your right to say it. Well, I'm not asking you uh, to defend me to the death. You know, if you just uh, do the occasional mildly supportive tweet, that would be enough. But they don't... <laughs> They don't even go there now. This woman, this, uh, you know, this dean of uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, whichever cockamamie university it was, who says that was Stanford. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not an unimportant place. And the idea that freedom of uh, her thing is freedom of speech. It's not worth the price. It's too triggering. If we have all this freedom of speech, people hear things they might disagree with, and that that could uh, trigger them. And it's too stressful to have free. There's a, increasingly, as on, you know, transgender bathrooms, which is the, obviously one of the critical issues we face today, uh, that is, that is uh, an issue on which there's one correct answer. So when it comes to misgendering, when it comes to climate change, when it comes to Islam, when it comes to all kinds of subjects, there's a correct answer, and none of the other ones need to be heard. Now, this case that you you mentioned, too, the Stanford case, I find this fascinating. You have a federal judge who's invited to speak. Hmm. The, The school has a Federalist Society Club, apparently, so they invite a federal judge to speak to students. This woman, who is heads their diversity 
takes the mic. He never got a chance to actually deliver his remarks. She went on a nine-minute tirade about him and how he's harming people with the laws, and she hopes he can look into himself, et cetera, et cetera. And And she and her liberals' accomplices disrupted the whole event. He ends up never giving the speech that he wants to make. So the dean of the school then apologizes. Now, they don't say they're going to get rid of this woman, their head of the inclusion, the Dean for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. That's her name, Kieran Steinbach. They apologize for her. They don't say they're going to get rid of her, but they apologize and say, oh, this should never happen at Stanford. Okay, a bunch of students now are on both sides. There are some students that are demanding that she be fired, but just as of this afternoon, other students, Student activists are now targeting the law school dean for daring to apologize. Yeah. For and and so it's a total chaotic mess. Well, these so these college campuses are so closed to the idea that anybody should prevent present anything in terms of a discourse that they don't want to hear that that their little bunch of kids don't want to hear. Well, the thing is, people mortgage their homes to send their kids to Stanford. You know, it's like a significant six-figure sum to be socially engineered into being a total moron. So this system cannot go on. Uh, the the head of the administration here, the dean of the law school, is being completely dishonest because what happens here is they say, okay, well, we've booked some, you know, we've booked a speaker. We've booked James Golden to give a, come and give a talk on conservatism in America. And then everybody gets, people get upset about it and they're going around protesting. So then they say, okay, well, we're going to need 200 police to enable James Golden to speak. So he, he's going to, uh, the society that's uh, invited him is going to have to put up a, uh, a five figure sum for, to cover the security costs. And that's their way of, you know, security becomes the new shut up. If that doesn't work, then you just shout the guy down. And the problem here is that uh, elsewhere in the world, at a Chinese university, for example, the student is learning physics or the student is learning how to play the cello. And at an American university, instead, you're learning uh, how uh, uh, complete nonsense, which is that your feelings about anything are, are, the, are, are the most important aspect of human existence. And so these these are, you know, big Ivy League names, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, all the big schools uh, will eventually destroy themselves if they go down, if they go f- too far down this path. Well, there are some in the legal community who are already saying they don't want students. They, they wonder now whether they should take students as law clerks from, I believe it was Harvard, yeah. after some of the behavior there, or it was Yale, I believe. And so now, is is Stanford going to Stanford going to be put on that list? Should they be put on that list? Well, yeah, Would are, you? These aren't the crazy. These aren't the crazy parts of the school. They're the law school. Now, law. Uh, it's easy to forget if you're up against the average, you know, third-rate judge. But in fact, uh, law, above all things, is supposed to be about first principles. You know, if you if you happen to run a red light and you kill somebody, it shouldn't matter whether you're Nelson Mandela or a member of the Ku Klux Klan. So the fact of the matter is that if you abandon first principles as 
this law school did when it uh, couldn't uh, even get this guy to give a speech. He never uttered a word there. Uh, why would you hire someone like that to be your law clerk? You know, in, in a court, there are two. You, you hear the plaintiff, you hear the defendant. They each get to call their witnesses. You hear the arguments. If you've got law schools where that doesn't apply, oh, no, yeah, no, this person uh, thinks there are two biological sexes, so we should shout him down. Why would you want a guy like that as your law clerk? It's ridiculous. Moving to the banking scenario, I I have been wanting to know what you think about this entire Silicon Valley bank situation. You have a woke board of directors. You have a bank where that collapses billions and billions of dollars where the risk assessment officer in the U.K. was running around, instead of looking at risk assessment, putting on a month-long gay pride event. You have uh, insider trading, uh, the appearance of insider trading, where you have the uh, the upper management selling off their stocks before this thing collapses. You have now ties to Gavin Newsom, ties to Janet Yellen, and yet the government says it's not going to bail them out, but they then go ahead and bail them out, but they're still saying they didn't bail them out. Uh. You have uh, the board of directors apparently don't know where they were. They're another woke bunch. Apparently this is one of these ESG bank operations. <laughs> and the what in the hell, Mark? This is supposed to be a bank. They've got billions of dollars in assets. And and then they give bonuses out to all the employees hours before the government shuts it down. Well, you know that this is actually connected to the rubbish at Stanford we were talking about a couple of minutes ago. In fact, it's like you know, it's, oh, can you believe this? Uh, the uh, risk, uh, the the uh, senior vice president of risk assessment was running around doing Pride Month for a month. But that's exactly what the United States was doing in Kabul uh, up till the moment they all fled out of town. If you recall, the uh, the embassy in Kabul, the U.S. embassy, was flying the Pride flag for the full month, uh, and then Pride Month ended, and they skedaddled out of town, and 48 hours later, the Taliban took over, so they've got the embassy, and they've got the Pride flag. Nobody knows where the U.S. embassy's Pride flag from the Kabul embassy is now. Some big <laughs> Taliban guy has it uh, has a trophy hanging over his fireplace. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, to go back to the universities, uh, I, I remember... Uh, about 10 years ago, sitting in the Cafe Carlisle at the Carlisle Hotel in New York, I was having a drink with Tom Wolfe, the great uh, novelist of Bonfire of the Vanities. And he'd, uh, he'd spent a lot of time at American University. He says, all the students sit and roll their eyes through all the, what they then used to call politically correct stuff. And as soon as they graduate, they forget about it and get on with normal life. And I said to you, I said to Tom, I said, I think you're wrong on that. And what's happened since is that everywhere is a college campus now. So as crazy as some law school at Stanford or Harvard or Yale is, now your local bank is run by the same kind of crazies. Now we have woke corporations, so-called, which ought to be a contradiction in terms, but isn't. And so eventually, if they prioritize wokeness, 
over normal business sense or normal professional professional standards? I mean, do you want to uh, do you want to have heart surgery from a guy who's woke, or do you want to have heart surgery from a guy who knows how to perform it? And uh, you know, in the case of if uh, in in the case of the banks, uh, that's about as which people still think of as you know relatively sober and prudent. But they're not, and they're and they're going to go. And I think, in fact, because it's not just this bank. There's something up at HSBC, which is the uh, uh, Hong Kong and Shanghai bank. It's a big bank in London. Well, it's actually all over America. HSBC and something up with Credit Suisse as well. Um, Credit Suisse yeah. was in the news today, right? Yeah. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, you know, the question here is whether whether we're heading for another 2008. Uh, or something worse, and it's not helped by the idea that bank managements are as invested in nonsense as this particular bank was. Well, let me ask you one last question. If you had an invitation to go to some of these campuses, I mean, as you should, I mean, to me, you would be one of the most sought-after speakers anywhere because of your breadth of knowledge and your your life experiences, both as a as an author and, and, and as a broadcaster, as a as a you know, actors, well, famous showbiz. You, would you go on a college campus these days? Would you consider that something that you would want to do to speak and potentially risk having to be put in the center of all this nonsense? Well, I've spoken at over the years at places like Berkeley and Oberlin, not actually, in, as I think about it now, in the last couple of years. And I think the idea now is that basically there are just people who – you know, shouldn't be heard. The fact of the matter is that it's an increasingly wide list. Now, uh, a, a lady I regard as one of the bravest ladies on the planet, Ayan Hersey Ali, who uh, basically had to flee the Netherlands because uh, the guys who killed the crazy jihadist guys were trying to kill her. Now, she's a black woman from East Africa She's a feminist. She's an atheist. She's a refugee. She checks, in other words, all the left's boxes. But because she happens to think that uh, there's a bunch of crazy Islamic jihadists who are trying to kill everybody, when she she went to speak at some, I forget what it is, it wasn't Smith, it was uh, Brandeis or something like that in Massachusetts, they wound up disinviting her. In other words, a, a black African woman refugee, uh, isn't, isn't enough to prevent you from being, uh, kicked off a campus in New England. They, they, this is the thing. They're gonna, don't send your kids there, folks. Don't, uh, I know you send them in, you might have attended, uh, the, the university in the 40s or early 50s when it was still relatively sane. Don't keep sending them checks. These people, these institutions are rotting and they need to be throttled and rebuilt from scratch. And what we also need as a solution, Mark, we need a safe place for conservatives and for people who are independent thinkers to speak. And I know just the place. <laughs> and where would that be, James? It would be on one of the Mark Stein cruises. That's where it would be. Yeah. Come speak your mind freely Don't wor- and relax at the same time. Party with like minds and don't worry about being canceled. 
no. go to the, on the Adriatic Sea. Yeah, no, on the Mark Stein cruise, I hear this. Or, or on the last cruise, I heard this all the time. People who say, you know, because that's, as you identify, that's for, for cruisers, that's the best thing about it. Because the things you say at the local school board meeting that would get you escorted away by police, you can actually say, and people people will look at you and say, oh, you know, you talk a lot of sense there. So it is actually like, <laughs> if you're... If you're wor- living and working in Midtown Manhattan, you might appreciate the chance to be able to cease biting your tongue uh, for a few days. So there is that to be said for it. And we'll have a and great so time, James. In July, Mark Stein cruises, and you can find out more about it. Mark, where? At MarksteinCruise.com, and that's Stein with a Y, S-T-E-Y-N, MarksteinCruise.com or SteinOnline.com. Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure to have you, my friend. And I'm, but I'm telling you, Mark, today I am just, I worry about our future. I really am very worried. If you, some of these things are just so obvious. If you can't speak freely about your religious convictions, if you can't have a federal judge go to a school and actually deliver a speech without being harassed out of it, I, I'm worried about where both, where the Western yep. hemisphere is going. No, it's, you're absolutely right, because if you can't say it, if you can't argue it, if you can't debate it, then you're like all these uh, dictatorships where the only thing you can do is uh, make a Molotov cocktail and lob it through the window. So they, these guys are storing up a whole heap of trouble for peaceful societies with this crazy talk. It's Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen. America's undocumented anchorman every Tuesday here on Boston Early's Rush Hour. We're coming back. Thank you, Mark, right after this.